for that. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs tonight and the book of Genesis and the book of Philippians, all right? So we're going to be a little bit uh, in every part of the Bible. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in the book of Proverbs. Tonight in this first Wednesday moment, I want to talk to us a little about an issue, and, and maybe this is, you, you just get the byproducts of the things that God is doing in my life. And we're going to talk about this issue of control. This issue of control. And some of you already are excited because it's your favorite word. Like, you love this word, control. Others of us, we could care less. We let other people control us all day long, and we actually prefer to just get in the lazy river and let it take us. Uh, we're, we're, we're not as uh, stuck on this word. But tonight, I just want to take, as we talk about worship, and we talk about the table of the Lord and take communion here in a few moments, this one word. And what I truly believe God's word calls us to do with this word. And uh, I truly believe that all of us in this place, including myself, we are the sum total of all the choices that we make. I am who I am today because in middle school and high school, and when I was a young adult, I made some specific choices that brought me to this place. You are where you are at because you made some specific choices that brought you to where you are, even that brought you to this room tonight. All right? You you made the choice that uh, you, you would be here and you're here. Uh, watching online however you're here you're a part of this moment because of the sum choices that you made today but we are that that's just the reality we are the sum choices of who we uh, of the choices that we make that's who we are and tonight i hope that we would learn to choose the word surrender over this word control and i know all the control freaks just freaked out that's what you do when you hear that kind of stuff you just automatically go i don't know if i could do that i hope through god's word you'll be able to at least, it'll be palatable to you because you know it's not my word, but it's God's word. If this is something that you, you, I mean, maybe you don't attach the word freak to your name, control freak, but control, there's an area of your life that you, you, you can identify you like to control. If that's you, you, you're that kind of an individual. Control is the word that you love. Okay, we'll use that for now. Uh, will you just raise your hand and say, this, I know, there's some area in my life I just like to be the one in charge. And, and if you're the person sitting, keep your hands up for a second, keep your hands up. If you're the person that's sitting in the room and you're wanting to raise the person's hand in front of you because their hand is not up, then this message is totally for you tonight, okay? You can put your hand up, right? All of us in some aspect of life struggle with this word. Whether it's at at work, right? And no one can do it right but you, right? Get out of my way. I'm the only one who knows how to do this. You don't know how to fax a paper. You don't know how to make a copy. You don't know how to put a spreadsheet together. Just let me do it. Get out of my way. It's just kind of the bulldoze. Like maybe it's at work or maybe it's at home, right? Like you've got, you know, everything is in order. I had a friend growing up that, that his mom was such a control freak at home that she would vacuum like special lines in the carpet all right, some of you laughing because you have an aunt that's like this, or your mom. Maybe I'm talking about your mom. I don't know. Not meaning to talk about your mom, but but she would. I mean, it was such a way that there. I'm not even joking. That we couldn't move into that. Like I couldn't go to his my friend's room unless the line was diagonally this, like the right kind of line, not the line that if you rubbed your hand away it would disappear. But like if the, I could walk on that line and get to his bedroom. But she, if she had vacuumed it the other way that day. We're not going in his room that day. We're, we're sticking in the living room that day. So whether, maybe you're at, you're at home and that just, you're that kind of person or you, maybe you're married to that kind of person. All right, don't elbow. No, none of that. So maybe it's not at work, but, but maybe it's at home or, or maybe you just, it's just 
people in general you like to control? I don't know. You're kind of like a micromanager and you like to, you know, you're the person that's on the road when they're driving. You're, you're telling everyone else how to drive from the comfort of your car, right? Everyone else does not know how to do it, but you know how to do it and you're letting them know how to do it, right? Whether it's some area of your life, all of us have some aspect of it. Everybody's got their thing, whether it's you want to control schedule and time, and that's such a frustrating thing because nobody operates on the schedule that you like, right? Or, or it's the remote, you know, at the house, like no one can touch that thing but you. We all have an issue with this. We all struggle with this concept of control. It's been said that I have a little bit of a control issue when it comes to driving. That's why I use that illustration. I could be in the driver, uh, passenger seat, and I, I have been known to literally reach over and like grab the wheel to help people drive. I just I struggle with it. It's real. This is real talk. I struggle with this in my life. Or maybe you know you're here tonight and you have some real. There's some real challenge with this word. Already your spirit's starting to cringe. Where's he going with this? I'm gonna take us to probably the most known. Uh, it happened to be the very first message ever preached from this church, like a passage of scripture that is popular, it's quoted, but it's one of the most challenging scriptures I think to live by. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. And some of you already are quoting it in your head today, but if you're not, it's okay. Those are the control people. They want to control the sermon. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to read it together as one. The word of God says in Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? What, what, what percentage of our heart does God want us to trust him with? All of it, right? And oh man, that's so challenging. But God, this part of my heart doesn't really know what's going on right now. Like this part of my heart is not really into this whole worship thing. Like I don't, right? So, but it says with all of your heart and it says lean not on your own understanding. Not on our own understanding, but it says this in all your ways, Submit to God. Some people know this as acknowledge God. That sounds so better, right? Like, just acknowledge God. You're here. I know you're here, but I got this, right? You're here, but I'm in charge. That word literally translates to know that, that you and God would know each other, that God would know your very move and you would know God's very move. So the NIV translated submit. That's a harder word to receive than acknowledge. But that's the true meaning of that word, to know such a way that I'll know he's going to go left and I'm going to go left and not go right, but I'm going to submit to God and he will make your paths straight. Awesome verse. Will look good on the wall of your house, right? But to live it out is challenging. Tonight we're talking about worship. We're talking about God doing amazing things in our life and we're going to be at the table of the Lord. But, but before we get there, I think some of us this idea of, of needing to always have your hand on the yoke, always have your hand in charge. The Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, I'm gonna tell you how that's gonna lead, uh, lead your life if you don't live according to this. Here's what they tell us. The more that we try to control, the more we're afraid of losing control. I, 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 gotta, I gotta manage this, I got like hurting cats, I, I, gotta, I gotta get this, oh no, it's not working my way, so I, I start to feel like I'm losing control, so what do I do? I get afraid of losing control completely, so I wanna put more control on it, right? And it's just this cycle of fear that happens. God, I, I, I wanna control this, but in doing this, I, I'm losing control, uh, and so I'm gonna add more control, and it just, I, it just builds and builds and builds until this cycle of fear shows up. So tonight I wanna show you what happens when control goes bad in scripture. And maybe you can identify with this 
a little bit, hopefully not 100% because it's a pretty wild story. But maybe you can identify with wanting to say, God, I'm in charge. You walked into these doors tonight and you've been saying, God, I'm going to do this my way. And, and you and the Holy Spirit have been at odds with each other. And you're wondering, why is it that I'm not, you know, at the place where I can lift my hands? Why am I not at a place where I can truly, you know, be blessed by God? It could be because the word control has been chosen over the word surrender. Here's, here's a scene in the Bible where control goes really bad. Okay, ready? So you, most of us know the story of Abraham and Sarah. But before they were Abraham and Sarah, these powerhouse couple, right? like the powerhouse couple, right? Before they were the powerhouse couple, they were Abram and Sarai, or Saraya, however you say that. You could say it in different ways. Sarai, if you're Spanish, however you want to say it. But before they were Sarah and Abraham, they had different names. And these two, before God began to, God had originally blessed them and said, hey, guess what, you two? I'm going to bless you with this great nation. You're going to be the father of many people. And they got really excited. And, and then nothing happened for a really long time. And like some of us who are in the world of control, they got impatient, began to take things into their own hands. One, one scenario goes where Abram is there and they're walking into Egypt and uh, instead of trusting God that everything was going to be okay like God had said, he lied and said, hey, this is my sister, not my wife, and it just went awful. I mean, plague showed up and it was a terrible, terrible moment and the Pharaoh was like, Who, what is going, kicks him out and was like, I don't, what are you people doing? Just this terrible scenario of control gone bad. Abram tried to, I'm, I got this God. I know you told me I'm going to be all right, but I'm going to take control and I'm going to lie and I'm going to manipulate this scenario and tell him you're my sister and not my wife. And then it just blows up in his face. But the big flub of the story is when God spoke the promise and said, you're going to be the father of many nations and nothing happens. And so Sar- Sarai or Sarai, however you say it, however you want to say it, she says, I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'm tired of waiting on the Lord. So she comes to Abram and says, Abram, God said this, but it's not happening. And she was probably a little bit of a control freak. And I'm just frustrated with that. So we're going to figure this out on our own. So if you'll join me in the book of Genesis chapter 16, really quickly, it says, Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Everybody say Hagar. She said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave, perhaps... I can build a family through her. She's just saying, perhaps I can control this scenario. Abram agrees to what Sarai says. And so Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years. Nothing's happened. And Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, gave her to her husband and to be his wife. And he slept with her. And guess what happened? She got pregnant. So she's going, I solved it. I figured it out. I, God, don't worry. I, I just kind of slow. I just did my own thing. And so I made it happen. So boom, we're blessed. Here it goes. We're starting this miracle. And I'm the one that made it happen. But, but if you know anything about the history of Israel, this is one of the worst decisions of all. Abraham has a son and his name is Ishmael. If you follow Ishmael's story, he also had another son, finally, because God promised him, and that his son's name was Isaac. That was the promise. Isaac was who God had promised, and it happened through Sarai or Sarah at the time. But Ishmael was born, and if you follow the lineage of these two people, if you've ever done a history, you ever studied, Ishmael, born out of the Palestine, the Palestinian nation, born out of Ishmael's line. 
And they, and they will claim, Islam will claim, that Muhammad was born out of this Islam, was connected to this whole world of disobedience in God. Isaac, who comes out of the lineage of Isaac? The people of the Jews, Israel, the tribes, and then we get King Jesus. The biggest mistake, the biggest moment where God says, listen, I want you to, if you'll just surrender this moment and this season of your life to me, instead of just being in control, Isaac would have been the only plan. But because she couldn't surrender, Ishmael and his whole lineage is born and we have crazy chaos to this day. Turn on the news, you'll see the product of this decision even impacting us. Maybe you're here tonight and you're going, you know what? You know, God, God spoke this promise to me. God, God told me that, that you know, I was going to start my own business. God put a dream in me when I was in high school. God put a dream in me when I was in college. And, and, and he promised some things, but, but then we just get restless and so we take control, right? We start, to, we start to pull it back and go, God, I'll do it my way. And what happens is things start to unravel. Things start to not make sense. You know, they tell us that there's this thing called helicopter parents. I don't know if you've ever seen these people, right? But, but they just hover over their kids. They just, you know, like, son, you're going to go get the mail? Here, go put your helmet on. Don't, don't, don't go outside without, without your helmet to get the mail. Like, it's just, there's this, there's, it's gotten so into our culture that they gave us a name for parents who are over-controlling. They call us helicopter parents. I know none of you are them. Uh, those people attend a different church, but, but but they, they're real in our culture. Even to the point, I, I wrote that, I just thought this was insane. 8% of all graduating college students, if you're in college, listen to me. Don't let this be you. 8% of all college educated students that graduate, go into the workplace, take their parent to their first job interview. College graduate, I didn't say high school graduate. College graduate, their mom, is right there next to them. You know, come here, son, let me, let me. He really is a sweet boy. He took the trash out last week and he only plays video games every now and then. Can you imagine? Like if you're a different generation, like can you imagine? Your mom's sitting next to you, right? Okay, here, because control has become this way of living in our culture. I'll be in charge. I don't need this God, I don't need this Christianity thing, I don't need Jesus lead. I'll lead my life. But when we, when we live that way, chaos assumes. So I'll put this in the app. If you have the app, if that's where you're taking notes, if that's where you're reading scripture tonight. In the app, it's not going to be on the screen, but it's only in the app. So you've got to have the app in order to participate in this. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to just pause for a moment in this moment. We're going to take communion here in a second. I want you to pause. I want you to write down something that you're struggling with controlling. Is it, is it your family? Is it your spouse? I told you, stop chewing your gum that way and making yourself look like a cow. You know, are you, like, is it, is it a person? Is it a circumstance? I'm trying to control my kid's future. So I showed up to their job interview, right? I was there uh, when they were, you know, trying to get that job. I, I really want you in the app today. And those of you that are like, I'm not doing this. You're just proving my point today. That's all you're doing. I'm in control. I'm not going to do that, right? Uh, Will you just pause for a moment and just write down in the app, write down in your Bible, write down in your notes. What is it that the Holy Spirit has already begun to go, this is the thing he's talking about for you? I've written mine down. I gotta be honest with you. I'm in a season right now where I'm just trusting the Lord in all things. 
And I'm saying, God, I trust you because this is crazy. Write it down. Is it your future, young adult? Is it a relationship? You're just trying to, you're trying to, if I could just do this and if I could just, you know, make them do this to me or if I can just, whatever. What is it that in your life you're saying, I'm just, I'm holding on to it. I'm controlling it. Take a moment. Write it down. Think about it. The Holy Spirit's already prompting us. Watching online, boom, type it, write it down. Whatever you do, do it. But let's, I'll give you a couple examples if you're struggling. (laughs) Is it your kids? Is it your grown kids? Is it your grandkids? The kids of your kids? You're not raising that kid right. I'm going to show you how to raise a kid. I don't know. Is it your spouse, schedule? Is it a coworker? Maybe trying to control your own image? putting on things that are making things happen that aren't really you, your future. I don't know. Write a couple things down, whatever it is. And over the next couple of moments, as we get ready to take communion, I'm going to ask the ushers to prepare themselves to, to distribute communion. Go ahead, ushers, you can go ahead and move forward and distribute communion as we're doing this. Here's what I want us to think about as we do this. As you've written that down and it's staring at you right in the face and it's just like, oh, there it is. I just want you, don't have to verbally say this out loud, but I want you to declare this in your spirit. This phrase, I choose to surrender, whatever that is, say it, and to trust God rather than control it. I choose surrender, whatever it is you wrote down, trusting in God rather than trying to control this thing. Okay? And as you're taking communion, as you're getting communion, uh, we're going to walk through a couple of things. And I just want to say this as they're passing out communion. Here at Western Hills, we practice open communion which simply means this. The only prerequisite to take communion in this place is that you've given your heart to Jesus. And you may say, I've never done that. Hey, I'll encourage you to take a piece of communion and we'll lead you to the Lord here in a few moments. We'll help you understand what this means. But the heart of this place is that you would not be left out in taking communion tonight. So you're welcome to take communion. If that's you, we practice open communion. As you're getting that, I want you to be thinking about this. Three things that'll help me choose surrender over control. I'm staring this thing in the face. You told me to write it down. It's staring at me. I feel like it's already controlling me. That's what happens when you let go of control. It controls you. We're going to walk through this. Three questions that will help you choose surrender over control. Number one, is it even worth my concern? Is it even worth me stressing about? The corner on the bed, that sheet, it just fo- it needs to be folded at 90 degrees if it's not 90, I can't sleep at night. Please get in our bed. I don't know. You just got some thinking. Is it really worth my concern? Do I need to pick my battles over certain things? Or do I need to sing the ever song that's stuck in our brains because of our kids? Do I need to sing Frozen and say, let it go, let it go, let it go? What, what, what is it that I just need to say, God, is, is this even worth my time worrying about, Right? I tell her to put the toothpaste tube on the toothpaste. Is it that? I mean, seriously, whatever it is, ask yourself this question. Is it worth my concern? Is it worth my time? Is it worth me fretting about? Is it worth all this energy going into it, right? If the answer is, yeah, well, I may rebuttal and say, well, are you sure? I may ask you that. Are you sure? Is the folding of the towel a certain way really that big a deal or do you need to just evaluate and go okay well let me stop now that I think about it not that it's big to me but I mean it's not gonna 
create world peace if they do it, you know? Is it, is it worth my time, my concern? Right? Number two, we're just questions to help me surrender. Number two, is it mine to even control? What do you mean? Is it mine to control? Okay. Can you control the way other people drive? And some of you are like, yes, I can. And I'm trying every single day at five o'clock on 1604. I'm, I'm trying. I'm teaching people. Right? I'm a teacher. Is it even yours to control? Okay. Well, let's answer the obvious. If it is, then do something about it. Stop talking about it. Do something about it. Right? What, what's, what's yours to control? Like, your health? Guess what? You can control that. Your finances? Uh, yeah, you control those things. Well, no, I don't. My boss pays me. Yeah, but you're the one that manages all the money. Right? And if Pizza Hut on Friday nights when you should be paying your light bill, right? That you control this. Is it my... Can I even control? And before you freak out, let me just give you this peace of mind. Surrendering control is not the same thing as relinquishing responsibility. Well, I don't got to... He said, I ain't got to worry about it. not even mine to worry about I'm not even going to mess with it. Those people got to figure it out on their own. No, that's not what I mean. You, if you are responsible for it, if it's your health, if it's your finances, if it's what comes out of your mouth, if it's what's in your heart, guess who's responsible for that? I am. You are. Right? If you can't control it, maybe it's something you ought to just let go. Is it even yours to control? Do you know that there are some things you could pray all day long, God, I pray you just, when she chews her food, that you'll just, I don't know, make me deaf during that time, right? I don't know. There are just some things God is not going to do for you. You're just going to have to say, that's not even mine to control. Why am I freaking out about this? I can't control other people. You can't control other people. If you had to know that right now, like we don't control each other. We're called to serve one another. We're not called to control one another. I can't, there's some things I got to ask the question, is it even mine to control? Last question. Well, I'll say this, right? You're like, uh, you know, I've been, been wanting to get in this relationship. I wanted to get married because I've been praying for marriage, right? But all you do is play Pokemon Go, right? And you haven't taken a bath in like three days. It's yours to control. Put the phone down. Make eye contact with her. Say hello and put on some deodorant, man. And you could see what happens, right? Right. I'm just praying that God will just run her into me and she'll just fall in love with my B.O. It's not going to happen. You, if you can control it, right, then do it. But if not, you got to just gotta let it go. All right, here we go. The last one is just simply this. Is this for God alone to do? Okay, first of all, is it even worth my time. Secondly, it, 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 am, I, am I even able to change this? Maybe this is God's. Is it God alone? The Word of God says this in Philippians as we take communion in a moment. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense. I gotta let it go. And you're telling me that God's gonna, gonna do something about it if it's his to deal with. Absolutely. That's what that says. It transcends. It goes beyond my understanding. And it says this, and it will guard my heart so it doesn't shatter in pieces when I let go of it. And your mind 
that will guide my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Some things are for God to take care of. When you try to control what you can't, you know what you produce? Anxiety. It says, do not be anxious about anything. When you give it to God, what do you get? You get peace. That's what it says. And the peace of God will transcend all understanding. So let me give you some examples. Can you change your spouse? Some of you are like, that's a trick question. You almost shook your head yes. Here's another question. Can God change your spouse? Absolutely. Can you heal your loved one? No, you can't. Can God heal your loved one? Pray with a gentleman last week for his daughter-in-law in the hospital. Told me tonight, God rescued her. God's healing her body. God, she was up and walking and doing great things. Yeah, God can. Can you control your kid's future? Some of you are like, oh, please say yes. Please say yes. No, no. Can God control your kid's future? Young adults, can God control your future? You've been holding on to it so tight going, I got this. And you're about to train wreck it. When you let go, say, God, this is yours to control. This is yours. This is mine to surrender, yours to control. God can control. I came to just tell somebody, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not onto your own understandings, but in all your ways, submit to God. And he will direct your paths. And he'll save you hours and hours of sleepless nights worrying about stuff that doesn't need to be worried. And the last thought as we take communion. When you follow Jesus, can I just tell you, you're not in control. That's what it means to follow. When I truly submit to the Lord with my life and my heart, he's the one who leads me. He's the one who leads me. You're holding in your hand communion, a wafer and a cup was the ultimate sign of surrender. At the, at the moment where it could have all changed in the garden, Jesus is on his knees praying so intently for us. The Bible says his sweat is like drops of blood. It's so intense. And he prays this prayer, God, if there's any other way, now would be a good time to show me. Um, now would be it. But he prays the prayer of surrender. Do you remember what he prays? God, not my will, but yours be done. That's the prayer of surrender tonight. When you follow Jesus, you pray that prayer over your life. God, not my will, but yours. And the Bible says he drank from that cup of suffering. And tonight, that's what we're going to do. I want you to take communion. There's a little wafer top. You just peel the cellophane plastic part on top and you'll pull the wafer out we're going to take this together on that same night a few moments before he prays God my will not my will but your will he took the bread and he said this is my body which was broken for you if you're here tonight you're saying you know what because of my control because of me holding on to things I have broken some relationships maybe even my marriage is broken and tonight I just need to know that God is in charge I'm going to let go of some things. Right, I'm going to be healed. God, I've been trying to heal myself, but I can't. I'm going to trust that you can do that. I'm going to say it's God alone to do in my life. And I'm going to believe that. That's what, that's what we're believing when we take this wafer. We're saying, God, you, you did this for me. And I submit to that. And I acknowledge that what you've done was so that way I don't have to 
walk through this anxious, anxiety life. So tonight, if that's you, you want to join us, you're holding communion, saying, Jesus, I want to give you my life. Jesus, I want to surrender my heart again. Jesus, I want to put my faith and hope in you again. Then in this moment, as we pray over the bread and we take the bread together, that you would say that in your own heart. Would you bow your heads all over this place? As we take the bread, just say, Jesus, I submit to you again. What was once broken is now restored. That's my heart, that's my future, that's my life. God, I I surrender to you all my brokenness. We take this bread and we break it and we bless it in the name of Jesus. Would you break and take with me all over this room? And the cup, which represents the ultimate sacrifice, his will over ours, him inviting us to the table, him inviting us to say, ultimately, Anyone who submits their heart to me, anyone who follows me, anyone who puts their faith and hope in me will never die, but will live even though they die. The ultimate anxious, right? Fear of the end. Jesus said, I'll take care of it. Even death on a cross won't stop me. That's what this represents in our life. Freedom in Jesus. Freedom to truly put our hope and trust in something, someone, excuse me, that is far greater who took a price that was ours, took upon himself, beat death, conquered death, and invited us to be a part of this whole beautiful story. So if you would take the, the cup and we're gonna rest, bless it, and then we're gonna go into a time of worship. Right after we're done, we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship tonight. That's gonna be our response. Some of you, you're gonna, in this moment, you're gonna relinquish control and you're gonna begin to lift your arms. It's an ultimate sign of surrender. You're gonna lift your arms in a moment. You're gonna begin to worship in a moment. Your hearts are gonna begin to be prepared even now as we take this cup. Let's pray. Father, this cup represents your death, your burial, your resurrection. It's salvation in our hands, God. When we truly relinquish control of our lives and place our heart and our lives in your hands, guess what? God, we find salvation. We find real freedom. And I pray tonight as we take this as a family, that, Lord, there would be freedom in this room and truly people would be Uh, set free of the control of their life and God they would put their faith and hope and trust in you and God they would submit to you in all their ways and you'll begin to direct our paths right here in this room in Jesus name I pray amen would you take the cup now will you stand to your feet all over this place as we end tonight we have plenty of time tonight we're going to end in worship we're going to end saying God physically, emotionally, spiritually I'm submitting to you what a great sign to just lift up our hands and say, God, tonight I'm yours. You want to come up to this altar as a sign of repentance or a sign of drawing culture to the Lord? The altar is open, but this is our agenda. No one leaving. No one. This is, we're not done yet. We intentionally built this time in to just say, God, you're number one. God, tonight we're going to surrender to you. So come on, would you respond, Westover? Come on, young adults, would you lead us? Would you lead us in this moment as we worship, as we surrender, as we say, God, you're in charge. God, you're in charge. I choose to surrender tonight in Jesus name come on let's worship what's over Lord we submit to you tonight God we submit to you Lord have your way Lord not our will be done but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and I pray today God let the praises of God rise in this place on earth as they are in heaven tonight, God. I pray that we will lift up our worship and our praise to you, Lord. Come on, Westover, let's just begin to sing to the Lord today from your heart. 
Come on, from your voice tonight, he wants to hear you. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Oh God, we worship you, Lord. says that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies and today God we declare right now we speak against any circumstance any situation anything that may want to rise against you and against your knowledge Jesus we pray today God may you arise in this place and may our enemies be scattered in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name that God arise tonight let God arise tonight. We worship you tonight, Lord. You're welcome. We long to be with you.
that you are moving tonight in our midst.
on, do you believe that tonight? As we hold to this session.